0: You're listening to Revelation Revealed. Today we're going to tackle the myth that Christianity's future is bleak. I don't know if you've grown up uh, hearing about how Christianity... Uh, is going to face increased persecution or that the church's influence is going to get smaller and smaller as generations go by. Um, Now, there is some truth to that if you just look on the micro scale. If you just zoom in on a certain part of history, you can see that, yeah, there are some major ups and downs. And it may be the truth that in America, Christianity is in for increased persecution And losing its influence. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that's the case. And I think Revelation 20 gives us reason to hope for a continued growth in the church's influence in the world, and the growth in the number of converts in the world, and the spread of God's kingdom throughout the world. So, Revelation 20 is what we're going to be focused on. And Revelation 20 is a very controversial. Uh, chapter. I feel like I've said this about every chapter in Revelation, but this one is especially controversial. And a lot of good godly Christians disagree on the interpretation of Revelation. So I'm going to take a particular stance, but I'll also flesh out some of the other views and uh, try to make this chapter a little more digestible for all of us. So there are three major events that happen in Revelation 20 and they center around a thousand year reign. It's called the millennium okay and in this thousand year reign we learn a few things. First, Satan is bound by an angel and he's put into a bottomless pit so that he can no longer deceive the nations. okay so Satan is bound for a thousand years from deceiving the nations. Second, Christians who died in Christ will come to life, and reign with Christ for a thousand years. So that's the millennium reign. Christ uh, will raise his saints and they will uh, reign for a thousand years with him. Third, Satan will be released after that thousand year reign for a final battle against God's people And then he will be defeated by Christ and cast into the lake of fire forever. So that's the final defeat of Satan. So Satan is bound. The saints reign for a thousand years. And then Satan is released and finally defeated. So God's promise of a thousand year reign matters for a church that is encountering suffering. They want to know that we're going to see victory. We're going to see the spread of the gospel. Now, I want to take each of these moments and uh, talk about them. Let's talk about Satan being bound. Well, what is happening there? What is this symbolic of? Well, I think this is symbolic of how the victory that Christ secured at his cross, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father, that is what casts Satan down. He can no longer condemn God's people, and he can no longer stop the spread of the gospel. He can no longer deceive whole nations from hearing the truth of God's word. Now, here's a few reasons I think that. Uh, First, Israel was created to spread God's law to the nations. When God chose Abraham, he told him, through your family, the whole world will be blessed. The problem with Israel is that instead of spreading the gospel to the world, they became more like the world. They became like the nations that surrounded them. But in Christ, that has been reversed. Now through the church, the gospel goes outward to the nations and cannot be stopped. The second reason is that if you read the Old Testament, there seem to be spiritual forces over particular nations. So if you read chapters of Ezekiel, if you read Daniel 10, Daniel encounters the angel Gabriel, and Gabriel says, sorry, I couldn't answer your prayer earlier. I was fighting the prince of Persia. Who is the prince of Persia? Well, it seems to be some kind of evil spirit over the nation of Persia. And in Ephesians and in Colossians, we see that Jesus Christ has risen above all powers and authorities. He's risen above all spiritual powers over the nations. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. That's the Great Commission in Matthew 28. What is that telling us? That Jesus Christ in his resurrection and ascension has dethroned all those spiritual powers over the nations, which is why he can tell us to go and disciple the nations, because Satan is bound and can no longer deceive them. And the final reason is because in the Gospels, Jesus talks about how if you go into a strong man's house and you want to steal his stuff, if you want to plunder his home, the first thing you got to do is you got to bind him. You got to tie him up and then you can plunder his stuff. And in the context, he's referring to Satan. So I think, again, the death, resurrection and ascension of Christ binds Satan. And then we go in and we plunder his stuff. Everyone who is under his rule. Uh, we we take now for Christ. We take captive for Christ. Satan can still attack the church. He can still temporarily blind people. Uh, he can still uh, tempt and and lie. But he can no longer fully deceive the nations. The nations are no longer closed off to the gospel. So uh, we we can see great confidence in our evangelism, especially in the work of mission. Second, Christians are going to succeed in making the, major, the majority of the world worship Christ. I think that's what the thousand-year reign of the saints is. It's a symbolic period in which the church continually and progressively takes ground and grows and spreads its influence throughout the world. Uh, Jesus gave his marching orders. He said, uh, you need to go disciple the nations. And he talks about how the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that starts off small, but little by little slowly grows. And we see that now. Many of us are the recipients of the sacrifice and suffering of generations before us. So the fact that the word of God has Blessed families that you have received that inheritance is a sign that things are improving through the sacrifice of the saints. And so what we see now is is happening in its infant stages in other nations. So in China, the the church is starting to grow and it's suffering. But hopefully in future generations, it'll be easier for them because of the sacrifices of those who came before. And the whole idea is that when Jesus Christ returns at the end of this thousand year reign, which is symbolic for right now, we're in this symbolic thousand year reign where the gospel is spreading to the nations, that Jesus will come back to a primarily Christianized world, that the majority of the nations of the world will become Christian. And this is the fulfillment of the Great Commission, that the Great Commission is going to succeed. So that's a very hopeful take on the thousand years. But uh, wouldn't that be amazing if that were true? Now, there are a couple different takes on this thousand years. What I just described is what's called post-millennialism. It's this idea that Jesus Christ will return post this millennium of prosperity. So post uh, the church's gradual victory over the world, Christ returns as kind of the last crowning. And at that moment, he's gonna defeat his final enemy, which is death, and he's gonna raise us from the dead. So all the enemies have to be defeated Before death, the final enemy is defeated. That's 1 Corinthians 15. So the church is going to keep winning victories until the final victory of death is defeated when Christ returns. There's an opposite view called premillennialism, which says that Christ will return before the millennium, which means that we should expect the church to lose its influence and to suffer more and uh, to have mass people turning away from the faith before Christ comes, and then he'll usher in a thousand-year symbolic or literal reign where we start to win back the world. Okay, so post-millennialism, Christ returns after we've won the world. Premillennialism, he returns before we win the world. Uh, there's also another view called amillennialism, which says that the, the reign of the saints is in heaven, not on earth, And that it is symbolic for the church age as well. But they are not as optimistic about the church's spread of the gospel. That they believe the church and the world will kind of trade blows throughout all of church history until Christ returns. So, in terms of optimism, premillennialism is the least optimistic. Amillennialism is more optimistic. And postmillennialism is the most optimistic. And that's the stance that I am taking. Now, we shouldn't divide over these views. Many godly Christians debate these. Um, And really, I don't think anyone can have certainty because it's very difficult to interpret. But uh, I think there are compelling reasons to be a post-millennialist. And it's way more fun. Let's just face it. Uh, The final thing is Satan will wage one final battle and be defeated forever by God. So we see at the end of Revelation 20, Satan is released, he's unbound, and he gathers the remaining forces that are against God, and he symbolically calls them Gog and Magog, which are uh, names for Israel's enemies in the Old Testament. So all of God's enemies are going to gather together in one final assault against God's people, and then Christ uh, will return and destroy them, and he'll cast them into the lake of fire forever. And uh, that's the final victory. And what we see is that there are spiritual forces behind uh, different entities. Like we said in the last video, um, Satan is behind Rome. Satan's behind every kind of system and evil uh, government and evil uh, ideology that is raised against Christ. But Christ will ultimately have the victory. And our final hope is not ourselves. We're not the ones who are going to create the kingdom. Our hope is that Jesus Christ, by the power of His Spirit, will do that. And He'll do that through changing hearts. So, as we faithfully be the church in the world, I believe that we will spread the kingdom across the world to all people, cultures, languages, and that the gospel will win. And that the Great Commission will be fulfilled before Jesus Christ returns. Um, Again, Maybe, maybe not. If things get really bad, maybe I'll change my mind. But I think there's reason to be optimistic. But uh, what a great hope we have that Jesus Christ has given us—that He will not fail His church and that He is sovereign over all the nations. Thanks for listening to this. Make sure you tell your friends all about this podcast. Subscribe to it. Follow us on Instagram at Four Oaks College, and uh, keep keep watching. We got one more video left.